Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us this Tuesday morning, December 19th, twenty. 23 we are officially less than a week from christmas uh starting out your morning with a temperature of 33 degrees in the capital city got a good show for you today uh all the regular all the regular tuesday guests are going to join us today for one last time in 2023 i mean that's right i I haven't even really been thinking about it but we're we are off list uh note for the Note for the listeners, we are going to be off the week between Christmas and New Year's, and so we'll be uh, doing best of shows. We've got some good stuff. Caleb's been working hard to put together and uh, some some really good shows for our best of week, but we'll be gone since the last time in 2023. We'll talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska at 710. Jason Ball will be joining us at 810 from the Chamber, and then uh, John Baylor is going to be in studio with us back from Tampa to reflect on what happened in Tampa with us and a couple of transfers within the volleyball program as well. So we will delve into those things during the course of the show today. Of course, we'll have your morning drive. We'll count down five things that you're going to be talking about today and jump into all the other things making news this morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Morning. I saw you were watching the live YouTube video of the volcano erupting in Ireland. Big big volcano. I pulled it up too. That's crazy. Yes. They got a camera pretty close to that thing. It's Reuters, actually. Iceland, though. An Ireland volcano. Did I say Ireland? That would be nice. Live fact check from Caleb Henry. (laughs) Iceland, not Ireland. And and this is the type of (laughs) volcano that's a little different than we normally see where there's the big eruption. This is a fissure type deal where it's like four kilometers long and so it's bubbling and all of that and a big glow yeah, it, it just but looks it, like a fountain of uh liquid fire basically yeah, like basically, at, yeah. like at the royals baseball games when the fountains are going off in right field it looks like that but yeah. with bright light fire liquid and probably somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three thousand degrees hotter yeah that too that's but, but yeah, I, I just found that kind of fascinating that Reuters has got a camera that, and that must be a pretty darn good camera. Yeah, it started streaming uh, nine hours ago, and you, it's just constant um, going going up like that. So yeah, fascinating, fascinating on that. And, just search; uh, it's a YouTube uh, feed live. Go into YouTube and just uh, do a live volcano feed, and you'll find it. Live volcano feed. There you go. Uh, all right, he. Let's jump into some of the things. Making news here. We do have a uh, street uh, construction note right here at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's, 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 it's northbound people. 56. Uh, they're just south of Pine Lake. You know, where over there there's a Walgreens and there's a it's Jet Walgreens Splash. Everywhere. Okay, yeah. And uh, well, it's <laughs> right kidding. there in Campbell's Nursery. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you, you go. Know, there you there go. You go. Right yep. there on the corner. Northbound there. Uh, that corner where walgreens is and up to the post office that's red rock baboli lane okay and it's close from there up to pine lake all right so uh have that uh for the next couple of days should be completed by friday that's water water main issues so not uh, not a part of uh of the 
millions of dollars that the mayor was talking about yesterday, no, right? No. Right? Uh, $59 million. $59 million. We got an update on, on Lincoln on the move. Anything significant come out of that, or was it just kind of a... It's the annual update. Kind of like, hey, here's what we've been doing, and uh, here's here's all the, the projects that have been done through this whole thing. Time to start talking about it, because this is part of the quarter cent sales tax that was passed, uh, well, it was four years ago. Uh, it's that su- long ago? It sunsets Jeez. in September of 2025, and we'll have to decide at that point, well, we'll have to decide well before that point whether it's going to go back on the ballot for a continuation or we let it sunset out, but it'll be somewhat over $96 million in, uh, in in street improvements or street uh, money. Right. And that's going to be uh, probably close to somewhere between 15 to 20% more than had been projected on this sales tax. So uh, a lot more activity. About 2.4 extra million just this year, for example. Right. Yeah. And and part of that is because of something that you were a big champion of, and that was getting um, online sales tax collected. Right. Right. That, that happened. I mean, that helped, but also it shows that the Lincoln economy has been doing better than had been projected. So they would have to put this on the ballot probably spring of 2025 then, right? During like, unless they would, I wonder yes. if they would do it along with that, with like city council elections that would be going on at that time. I would imagine uh, that would cause be. Because that's a, when that would come up. And you said what, September 2025? It sunsets in September. Su- sunsets. So they said they haven't decided whether or not they're going to ask voters. What What's interesting to me is if they would ask voters, it, it was, there was, there was a pretty, at least among a lot of business groups and various groups, there seemed to be a decent amount of unity, I remember, when this was on the ballot the first time. I wonder if it feels that way as much if it goes on the ballot a second time to right. to keep the thing going. Well, actually, the quarter cent sales tax, that was the second time it was on because it had been on for the public safety uh, improvement. Oh, okay, that's and right. So, and so, then they switched it to the, the streets. The streets. Okay, so. so the third time then would be the better way it, to say it. Kind of, yeah. Uh, so, But $96 million, that's a lot to put into streets. Should have a few streets that are a little smoother, in my opinion. <laughs> well, that's, we'll, I guess, yeah, I guess that's one of the things is, are we feeling it? Are we feeling the improvements? Is parts it, of it. Because remember, it was a big, big deal about this when it started was people said, I don't, we need to fix improving streets, right? We Correct. need And we need to get some fairness throughout the city about where these things are, are done. And so they did about three quarters of it for existing streets, 25% for new streets. Right, and, and a very small percentage for the uh, railroad traffic or railroad safety corridors right. and all of that. So Right. But, but yeah, the, there's going to be a lot of discussion. And there's actually been, although it's not making, I don't think it's making a lot of uh, headway, some were advocating for bumping it to a half cent. From, it, from a quarter, quarter cent, cent to wow. a half cent right. if it goes back on the ballot. I just find now, that hard to believe that it will. Now, one of the issues that was discussed yesterday, and I suppose we can discuss more with the mayor, although I think I know what the answer is, is they, they said, well, you've got this new income flow from gambling revenue Correct. in 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 Lincoln. Um, and the answer was, well, this that's significantly, I can't remember. They about 100000 a month. About a million, and say maybe a million a year, a little over a million, million a year. And they two, said that's, you know, like that's that. third times, 13 times less than what you're getting from this sales. Right. Obviously. I mean, it's, right. you're not going to get as much from that. As you are from this. And, and, so that and remember, too, we've had a lot of new growth in the last four years. Right. A lot of, uh, you know, two new high schools built and all the infrastructure and the roads that goes into that. Right. Yeah. That, new, that's new developments. So. In addition to all this. The big ones that they talked about, um, 
yesterday, North 48th from Layton to Superior, Piedmont neighborhood, South 27th from Coronado to Old Cheney, South 48th from Old Cheney to Nebraska Parkway, South 84th from Sandalwood to Elizabeth, and then a couple of new projects, South 40th Street between Rokeby and Tiger Lily, and South Folsom at Foxtail um, Meadows. Caleb, you got to help me with the map. I'm not familiar with Old Cheney. Stop. <laughs> That's what it's called. That's what it's called. That's what Jack I likes lived to here call the longest. Janey. I decide what it's called. Okay. All right. So there you go. That is the uh, update there. Mayor joins me tomorrow on the show at 810. Plan to talk to her about some of those issues and uh, some of the other things, too, including the AG's, um, the AG's advisory opinion on municipalities and rules on guns and some other various things as well. So that'll be tomorrow on the show. Um, Legislative delegation had a big meeting last night uh, at Union that. College. Yeah, Jason Ball was the sort the of the, the moderator of the thing, and he'll join us today at eight ten, so we can ask him yep, about that. Be, that'll thing. be a good one to find out. Uh, uh, evidently, the the delegation and the the ones that are there all either their districts are all within, or they have a little chunk of Lancaster County. Yeah, it's a weird map. Uh, it's really weird. I was looking at that. It's really weird. Lancaster yeah. County is really uh, cut right. up. But, yeah. But they're trying to do as a group is, is to, you know, regardless of their political leanings, they're they're trying to put a little uh, more candor in uh, maybe that's not the best word, but a little more substance into the, the legislature this session. Oh, they were talking about which, a lot which opens uh, what Two weeks, uh, three yeah. weeks from tomorrow. Is that what it is? Three weeks from tomorrow? My goodness. The third. All right, here we uh, go. Or is that two uh, weeks? That's less than three weeks away. Two weeks. That's two, two weeks. Um, two weeks in a day, I believe. 26th. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks in a day. Yeah, so we'll be, once we get once we get back the week after New Year's, we'll be heading yep. right into that as well. They were all very optimistic about, uh, about how it's going to go. I don't know that I share their optimism, but so. Well, but I appreciate they, the attitude. At I least guess. they're going to try it. So, yeah. <laughs> and and one of the things that's going to come up, of course, uh, will be some of the property tax issues that we discussed yesterday on the governor's show. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you. So, any any anything significant come out of that? Well, I think the 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 one thing that I don't know if it's we'd call it significant, but he reiterated his position on a remote workforce. For uh, he said right. no, he said, as far as he was concerned, his executive order stands. Okay, well, and I there guess, there there really wasn't much discussion on it. I guess the CIR is going to discuss d- yeah. d- decide what they decide about whether or not that's something you can do, or whether that's got to go through a more extensive process per collective bargaining. So. Right. And, All right. And then uh, he also talked about farmland, sales, foreign ownership of farmland. Yeah. Uh, or land in general. Right. So he's working on that. We'll see whether that becomes a legislative issue, too. Okay. So, but yeah, we've got, uh, we discussed quite a few different areas. One of the busiest uh, programs that we've had this year as far as callers. So, what do people want to talk about? Uh, well, car titling, uh, especially over in Sarpy and oh, really? Douglas County. <laughs> really? Uh, one, one lady talked about a bunch of residents that have titled their vehicles in Iowa because it's cheaper. Oh, and, well, I've and, heard of this game, but I've heard of it county to county in Nebraska, well, but not, not state to state. Right. So anyway, uh, she had some questions on that, and they're going to check in on that. Let's see. What else did we talk about? I'm trying to remember some of the... Uh, the uh, the issue of nitrates in uh, water, 
Uh, there was one uh, cattle uh, rancher that called in and asked the governor about his farms. You may recall. Yeah, that's and, right. There was and, the article. Yes, in the Flatwater Free. Yes, so then, yeah. he said they're they're doing uh, you know a lot of research and and seeing what they can uh, do to help clean things up. So. All right. You can uh, uh, hear that program if you want to go back. And is that on our website or? Uh, I think it's on both. both. It's I, on both. Yep. yep. You can either go to klin dot com or we put them up at podcasthousemedia.com dot com as and well. And you can you can also if you go to klin it's it's under podcast, but there's also. Um, up near the top, there's a flipper going. It says NBA Monthly Governor's Call-In Show. If you click on that, it goes to the Nebraska Broadcasters Association website. It's up there as well. And that is where uh, you can also see the entire schedule for next year. It's already been set. Caleb's worked with uh, the Nebraska Broadcasters and the Governor's Office. and At least that's the tentative schedule. Quick, quick turnaround on this next one, though. January oh, yeah. 8th. Yeah, Coming right back. We'll, wow. we'll see you next right. week, Governor. Yeah. <laughs> well, right at the end of legislative session, too. So right. that should be good. And and the Governor is uh, the luncheon speaker today at the Liba monthly luncheon down at the Grand Mans. Uh, so we'll see how he addresses business people. If you are not, if you can't make that, you can uh, watch that. That's streamed on the Liba Facebook page. Sort of like working from home. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is he okay with that, though? <laughs> Does he want you to be there in person if you're going to watch him talk? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, hey, Caleb, the uh, the Dylan has landed. I'll, 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 I'll let myself out now. Do, do you two need arbitration? <laughs> the, uh, no, uh, uh, but I do have some work to do. So. Okay. All right, go for it. Well, uh, see you later. We're just going to talk about this uh, high school kid. Well, well, yeah, uh, I know you are. <laughs> Uh, Dylan Riola, uh, all of a sudden, you know, everyone was like, well, we're going to have to wait till Wednesday for this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, Monday at about four o'clock, Dylan Riola, uh, you get the reports coming out that he made it. And then the video comes out. Dylan Riola, it's a, it's official with a commitment, at least to that extent that he mm-hmm. is going to be a Husker and Nebraska pulls off what was kind of been, would have, what would have been the unthinkable a few weeks ago. And, Gets the number one quarterback in the nation back from Georgia after it looked like they had him earlier this year. And uh, the legacy will be a Nebraska Cornhusker next year. Um, and they will be bringing, if commitments stand and if the dotted line is signed on Wednesday, they'll be bringing in two blue chip quarterbacks, one from Omaha and one through Georgia via Arizona uh, in, in Dylan <laughs> yeah, Iola. Yes. Yeah, I don't know that he's a true Georgian. Uh, after, no, he went. He went after, there for six months and yeah. said, "I got to get out of yep. here. Yeah. This is not going to work yes. out for me at all." So, uh, really cool yesterday. Exciting, mo- exciting moment for Nebraska Nebraska football fans. Yeah, and it'll be even more exciting in a little over twenty four hours when you can see those national letter of intents uh, actually signed, and then that's when it's official. Official. So, not not to kind of hold everyone up in in the excitement. Nothing's done till it's signed. Mm-hmm. Get it signed, and yet, yep. yeah, that someone can still transfer down the road. All of those things, but get them here first. Get it signed. Get to campus. Yeah. Start going through stuff because this is a situation where, for instance, like Raiola and Kalen, who I mentioned, they'll both be starting classes here in a few weeks. Yes, even though it's a it's a long break, but they'll get started with mm-hmm. with uh, first semester of their college careers. Yeah. yeah, and then you see how that quarterback room can shake out. Yep. Yep, and uh, the spring game is going to have a lot of attention on it here. Ooh, just a this little this year with uh, with Riola being there, as well as you know who else? Who, who knows what else happens over the next couple of days? Did you like the poem? He wrote. He did it with a poem. It was kind of like a uh, 
night before Christmas type situation. Uh, was it was it was different, and I like different, Caleb. That's what I'll say. Okay, yeah. How's that? I enjoyed. How's it. that? Oh, okay, good. I enjoyed it. I wrote a haiku afterwards too. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Dylan Riola, a Cornhusker legacy, commits to NU. The- five seven five, baby. Okay. Nice work. How long did that take you? I don't know, like two minutes, maybe. Longer than I would have thought. All right. Thanks, uh, Mr. Soup and Check. 625. We've got sports, including transfers out of the Nebraska volleyball program. Gail will tell you who they are next on KLI. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And a look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, just a reminder, we are uh, for those who want a spot, you are going to be joining us tonight in the first annual LNK Today with Jack and Friends Christmas Lights Bus Tour. Powered by Phillips Lincoln Lights. We're going to be uh, taking off about 5.30, right when it gets dark, and taking uh, taking a stroll through the city of Lincoln via a procured route by Phillips Lincoln, Lincoln Lights. And uh, we're going to have some fun tonight eating some pizza. And uh, just want to make sure those of you who have won tickets, make sure you check your email. If you haven't seen it yet, we've sent an email with some details for you. And then I once again want to encourage you, even up until uh, up until through the show, later today, whatever it might be, uh, if you can't, if you did win tickets and you can't make it, uh, during the show, send us a text at 402-479-1400, uh, just because, again, we've got people literally waiting to get on the bus, mm-hmm. who like to get on the bus but can't. So we understand it. If something came up, that's, all we're asking is just let us know because we want to get as many people on uh, who want to be a part of it who can. So text us during the show or get a hold of us otherwise uh, if you uh, are not going to be able to go today and we'll be able to tell somebody that they can go if they would like to. So that should be fun. Um, and those of you who are coming, say hi tonight. Looking forward to meeting a whole bunch yes, of people yes. who are going to be there. Pumped about it. Tonight. We're going to have a big, we're going to have a good crew. My daughter's going to be there with me. Uh, we're going to have a crew of some of the people who work here. Uh, the hosts over that cross the hall, Brooke and Bick on B1073 are going to join us as well. Christmas music. Again, pizza. Should be, a, should be a whole lot of fun here tonight. And uh, thanks to Windstar, too, for helping us out with this. All right, let's jump in to the sound off. Once we get back, Caleb, after the new year, among the things we'll be talking about politically, we talked about the legislature more nationally. It'll be the Iowa caucuses. Another poll out. Do the Iowa, is there going to be any drama whatsoever when it comes to the Iowa caucus? Well, what do the latest polls say? 
This week, we are going to see almost all of the GOP Republican candidates coming out here to stump for their uh, candidacy. Obviously, the caucus is fast approaching, but we got some new polls that show this race may already be decided. A new survey of Fox nationally looking at where Republican primary voters stand right now, showing former President Trump leading this race far and away at 69% support. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in second at 12%, and Jeez. former U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley at nine. Wow. Trump held multiple campaign events over the weekend, even stopped by a UFC fight. Last night, though, he was in Reno pleading with supporters not to be overly confident in his chances, even as he bragged repeatedly about his standing in the polls. Uh, that Wow. That is, uh, I thought it was tightening up a little bit more than that, guys. 69 to 12 to 9. DeSantis being 12, Haley being 9. A little bit of a gap. Yikes. Man, because you keep hearing these, you keep seeing these stories like uh, Haley, you know, Haley is rising and Haley might be, might be the, uh, the, the main competitor for Donald Trump into the primary season. I mean, if we're talking numbers like that, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, 69 to 12 to 9. Wow. That's uh, those are some huge numbers for Trump right now. And I think that's the expectation of how this thing goes forward. I, I mean, I honestly, and I can't really see any. I can't really see anything changing that significantly, in terms of the the party primary, at least. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I think it's. I we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it will get into twenty twenty four, and I'll be totally wrong, and something's going to change this whole thing up. But I can't really imagine. I can't imagine him not having this thing locked up. Honestly, by early March. Oh, for sure. Uh, I just. just I can't. I can't imagine it. We'll see. Uh, this story is crazy. Um, so there's a woman from Utah, Caleb, who had a YouTube parenting channel, like a mom channel, and you've probably seen stuff like this on yeah. social media before. So that's not all that, that's not all that unique. But she was a pretty successful YouTuber, had a partner that she worked with making content on this thing. But it was what was going on in the background with her kids that got her into trouble, and just now has gotten her to plead guilty to multiple felonies. Oh. This is crazy. Ruby Frankie's pleaded guilty to four felony counts of second-degree aggravated child abuse, which included starving two of her kids. She and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, were arrested after her emaciated 12-year-old son escaped Hildebrandt's house and ran to a neighbor with duct tape around his ankles. Outside court after the hearing, Washington County, Utah Deputy Attorney Eric Clark said Frankie faces prison time at her sentencing in February. She agrees to testify truthfully against Jody Hildebrandt and in return, the Washington County Attorney's Office agrees to remain neutral regarding future hearings before the Utah Board of Pardons and Parole. Frankie blamed Hildebrand for isolating her and warping her sense of morality. She had a YouTube channel about parenting with her six kids, as well as her husband, who's since filed for divorce. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. This is crazy. What? what so, um... What, what was happening to... <laughs> I don't... I don't know how to put it into words when you think about, especially the the people that you see on social media. And we know nothing on social media is a hundred percent anyway, right? But you're trying to help people with the with a with a parenting channel like that, right? Right. Um, so apparently she had this relationship with this associate, this this Hildebrandt, um, and her the the mom's attorney said that. That Frankie initially believed that Hildebrandt had the insight to offer a path to continual improvement, but said that she took advantage of this quest and twisted it into something heinous. 
They said the Hildebrandt systemically isolated Ruby, the mom, from her extended family, older children, and her husband, Kevin. They were arrested on the 30th of August when the 12-year-old escaped. Boy asked a neighbor to call the police. Um, 10-year-old daughter was also found at Hildebrandt's house, at the other woman's house. Both of them were taken to the hospital. Uh, The four youngest children were then also taken into state custody. And the 12-year-old told investigators that Hildebrandt put ropes on his ankles and wrists and that they used cayenne pepper and honey to dress the wounds caused by the rope. What in the world? What in the heck? Um, and they were and the 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 YouTube thing was kind of weird because they had it, it was called eight passengers because there's eight people in the family showed parenting decisions including banning their oldest son from his bedroom for seven months for pranking his younger brothers talked about refusing to take lunch to a kindergartner who forgot it at home threatening to cut off the head of a young girl's stuffed toy to punish her for cutting things in the house. Okay, so the channel already is just weird. Right, yes. In one video, she said she and her husband and their two youngest children uh, told the children they would not be getting presents from Santa Claus one year because they had been selfish and weren't responding to punishment like being kept home from school and cleaning the floorboards. So. <sighs> what in the world? Wait, it's a, it was a punishment to be kept home from school? I don't I. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But they they started that thing in 2015, and apparently some people are watching it. A decent amount of people are watching it. Dumb. Uh, all right. Other things that are going on. The state of Minnesota is doing something I wish the state of Nebraska would do. <laughs> the state of Minnesota is reevaluating its state flag. I'm sorry, but I've wanted this for a long time, and it hasn't happened. And Minnesota is doing exactly the thing I think Nebraska should do. The State Emblems Redesign Commission meets again at 9 a.m. local time to finalize a new Minnesota flag. Interested folks can stream the discussion on Fox9.com, Fox's KMSP News. After more than 2,500 public submissions, the commission has a base concept, which includes an abstract shape of Minnesota in navy with a white northern star inside a symbol of unity above a land of diversity. Three stripes meant to represent the state's history and culture, white for snow, green for nature and agriculture, and light blue for water. The commission has until January 1st to make any modifications and adopt a final flag. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Here's my initial reaction. This is the first time I'm seeing this, seen by it? the way. Yeah. It's like... it's my, my initial reactions are, it's simple, but it's clean, and I like it. And symbolic, and it's sort of like that abstract. You can mm-hmm. see, you know, Minnesota kinda, in it. Kind of in the, in, the, in the same way with the, the Lincoln flag, where I go, okay, I get it. I get the meaning behind right. behind a lot of the stuff. Right. And it, it stands out. If I look at that, I go, I... I'm going to know eventually yeah. what state that flag is for. Right, right. Um, the, by the way, the reason they're doing it is not the reason why I think Nebraska should do it. They're doing it because the old one got criticism because of its depiction of a Native American riding away on horseback while a farmer plows his field was offensive. So there was uh, some criticism that it was offensive. Um, uh, that is not my criticism of Nebraska's. It's not that it's offensive. The only thing I mean, the only thing that's offensive about it is you shouldn't put a tiny, intricate seal on a flag because it's impossible to see it. Are Are we sure? As I look at the current Minnesota flag, the blue is slightly different, but you could absolutely mistake that for Nebraska's flag. 
What, what? I mean, the current flag? Oh, the old. You mean the old Minnesota flag? Yeah, the, the, the current. I see what you mean. Yeah, the, yeah. The that current. it's just a seal. It's just a detailed seal with a blue background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. It's just not. Listen, and it, use the seal. Use the seal other places. I'm not saying ditch the seal. I'm just saying get a flag. We know we can we can see what is on it exactly, mm-hmm. and provides a new sort of set of. Of branding mm-hmm. that goes along with it as well. Absolutely, give me a give me a hat with that flag on it. I'll wear it. Do it. Yeah. But there, were, I, I'm sure they're not going to have time in the legislature to do this kind of stuff this year. But look what Minnesota did, and if it works, and 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 again, like look at Colorado's flag. Talk about branding, right? That that C on the Colorado flag. I mean, goodness sakes. The Colorado State football team wears that flag for a game every year. Maryland. In uniforms. Maryland. Right? <laughs> Make Ma- it your Maryland. identity. The California Bear. Yes. Right? I mean, come on. Texas. Come on. Texas. Yes. Yes. All of them. Uh, all right. Let's see. What else do we have? Oh, God. I got a lot of good stuff here still. Have you ever heard of the term coffee badging? What? Coffee badging. Nope. Have not. Um, so... <laughs> This has to do with this continuing discussion of remote work and hybrid work, not necessarily as it pertains to the local story that's going on about this, but nationwide. And some people who are doing hybrid work have to make and basically spend some time in the office. They've got a a quota of a certain amount of time that they have to spend in the office. So when they have that, they're doing something that is called, as I said, coffee badging and it's becoming a trend here's what it is workers come to the office for a short time to have a cup of joe show their face talk to some colleagues and get the all-important badge swipe then duck out to finish up the work day at home that from the ceo of owl labs in boston his company diving deeper into the phenomena in their 2023 state of hybrid work report it found that 58 percent of hybrid workers are coffee badging while another eight percent said they haven't done it yet but would like to try It's not just regular employees. The data shows 64% of managers have done it with another 6% who want to try it. Some believe the practice is a reflection of employee dissatisfaction with an organization's culture or hybrid policies. CJ Papa, Fox News. Yeah, I'd like to give it a go. Sounds like skydiving or something. Uh, So, yeah, you you treat it basically like the... uh, like it's a scooters, right? <laughs> like you're you're walking in, you grab a coffee, you chat a little bit, walk around. Hey, Tim in accounting, what's up, Tim? How are your kids? Right? You kind of walk around, do a lap around the office, chat with everyone, finish up your coffee, and say, "Well, gotta go, gotta go home and finish up my actual work now." At this point, and, I mean. Uh, that's not too far off from the way sometimes we operate, though. We have a three-hour <laughs> live show that happens true. in between getting a little FaceTime and saying, well, going to go finish this uh, off-campus. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that's pretty funny. Coffee badging. Uh, all right. Let's see. Okay. And then there's the, this. I got a couple of fun ones here to end this on here. Uh, a family in San Francisco went to pick up photos that they were having printed. Not like getting film developed, by the way. I heard this first and I was like, wait, are people still doing that? But like you bring in a memory card, right? And you you have film you have photos that are printed that you're gonna put in frames or something like that. And they found one in their group of photos that very much did not belong because they looked at it and they said, Is that Tom Brady? What? It, wa- 
And it was. A TikTok user named Katie had posted that a family member had ordered a family photo, but rather than the original photo, which showed four teenagers, two of them wearing San Francisco 49ers attire, the photo the family did get was one of Tom Brady posing with his three kids. Katie, in a message directed to Brady, joking, we can do a trade if you have our photo. Brady responding that his mother, who must have been printing out some photos in San Francisco, may have been to blame for the printing mishap. Some TikTok viewers thought it was cool that Brady replied. Others loving the irony that Katie's family was wearing merchandise of one of Brady's rival football teams. Lillian Wu, Fox News. That's good. That's pretty funny. Brady's mom is just ordering, ordering pictures of the grandkids. Printing them off in San Francisco, and they're ending up with someone else. And Tom's like, Mom! <laughs> Mom, send them to me. I'll do it for Mom. you. And then last but not least, the uh, 2023 list of most uh, wealthiest, well, not most wealthiest, wealthiest celebrity couples is out. And the big power couple of 2023 is not number one. You might be surprised to hear. Taylor Swift and her new beau, Travis Kelsey, have landed on the list of the country's wealthiest celebrity couples. The new couple came in at number three on the list compiled by branding agency Ooh, Arca. Ahead. Their combined net worth estimated to be $1.13 billion, though Taylor's earnings account for a majority of that. Also, according to the agency, <laughs> really? the female partner in the couples had a higher net worth than her male counterpart in half of the 12 couples Ooh. that made the list. Ooh. Beyonce and Jay-Z came Came in at number one with a total net worth uh, estimated to be three point zero four billion. Geez. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky second with one point four hundred and twenty five billion. New couple Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet were fourth. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck claimed the fifth spot. Michelle Polino, Fox okay. News. I think the woman is doing the heavy lifting in almost every one of those that she mentioned. Right? Good. I mean, Beyonce definitely over Jay Z at this point. Yeah, definitely over Jay Z. Rihanna absolutely over ASAP Rocky. Not even close. Not even close. She's got to have five times as much money as he does. Uh, let's see. What J Lo and Affleck? I'm still taking J Lo's account mm-hmm. over Affleck's, right? Yeah, I would think that Batman money's not making up yeah. the difference. Yeah, she's got. She's got. She's more diversified in her portfolio, I think, mm-hmm. than Affleck probably is. What was the other one that they said? Oh, uh, T- uh, Chalamet and, or uh, what was the last one? I'm, Who's Timothy Chalamet no, with? Maybe I've, I I can't remember who the last one was. They just uh, said that. But anyway, nonetheless. Oh, well, with Kylie Jenner. Oh, with Kylie Jenner. I'm taking, I think I'm taking Kylie on that one, I too. That's, yeah? that's Jenner money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, more diversified. More diversified. Get you some well-learned ladies. <laughs> I don't know if that uh, I have no comment on that alright at 655 we'll take a break that's it for the uh, sound off uh, we got Joe Jordan coming up in about 15 minutes right now 33 degrees in the capital city you are listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN you're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN alright Coming up during the 7 o'clock hour, Joe Jordan News Channel Nebraska is going to join us to talk Nebraska news and politics. We will count down the five things that you are going to be talking about today with your morning drive. That is at 7.35, and it's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. During the 8 o'clock hour, 
We will talk to Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and we'll also visit with, uh, on a Tuesday morning, John Baylor will join us as well. Hey, check out Podcast House Media. If you're looking for uh, some content, something to listen to while you're driving around or walking the dog or whatever it might be, we got some new ones up there, including our friend Jason Peterson. He now has the Make Sense Tech and Marketing Simplified Ooh. podcast. Brand new. We That's keep awesome. adding local podcasts here. So check that out at podcasthousemedia.com. It's 7 o'clock on KLIN Link. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Favorite traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. 709 on your Tuesday morning, 32 degrees in the capital city this December 19th, 2023. Uh, coming up. We'll count down the five things you're going to be talking about today with the morning drive. That's at 735, a little bit later in the show. Chamber President Jason Ball, voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. But right now it is time to talk Nebraska news and politics with News Channel Nebraska's own Joe Jordan. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing this morning? Uh, good, Jack. And before we were done, Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you very much. Same same to you, Joe and I. will. This will be our last visit until we are in uh, in 2024. So uh, appreciate appreciate Joe coming on with us uh, every Tuesday during the year and all the, the work the work that you do to do that. And looking forward to continuing that in, in 2024. And, and what? It's two weeks and one day until the next legislative session. So um, we'll be we'll have, we'll have plenty to delve in. Uh, legislative session, election season, jumping into to everything at that point. Uh, but I want to start today with a little bit of news this morning. Uh, Nebraska, uh, a Nebraska firearms group, uh, Nebraska gun owners, has filed a lawsuit against the city of Omaha and Lincoln. Uh, this was yesterday. The Nebraska Firearms Owners Association is the act, exact entity. They filed district court lawsuits in Douglas and Lancaster counties, according to the Nebraska Examiner, alleging the mayors of Omaha and Lincoln went too far in issuing executive orders prohibiting concealed weapons on most public property. Now, this comes, Joe, after the attorney general had an advisory opinion saying that the the municipalities did not have the authority to make the ordinances or the executive orders, I should say, that they did restricting guns in these places. So um, I guess, Joe, I always kind of figured, well, this is eventually, you know, the AG said it, but that's not the final word on this. This thing is all always going to go to court. And so, Joe, I guess it looks like this whole thing is going to be decided as to what the cities can or can't do in a courtroom. And then there's also the possibility that uh, Senator Brewer, who has been sort of the, uh, the mastermind behind the legislation uh, allowing uh, or, or not allowing cities to do these things, uh, he may he may 
introduce more legislation. That's true. You can always do that. Um, Clarify it and, further. And actually, if I'm the cities of Lincoln and Omaha, I'd actually prefer this thing in court than in the legislature. Last year, when the legislature passed LB 77 and made it easier to carry uh, concealed weapons uh, in, the, in, in the state, uh, I think they eventually had 36 votes, which is three more than you, you need to, to block any filibuster. So uh, my guess is if this thing is, is if, it's, if it's a statutory situation, then the legislature is probably going to go along with it. In court, I mean, we all know this. It's it's kind of like it's always a crapshoot, right? And and so if plus if you're the cities of Lincoln and Omaha, this thing gets into court, it's going to be what a year, year and a half, because it's going to go through district court. Then it's going to get it, whoever you know loses True. is going to appeal. Uh, so there would be time. In addition, uh, when you look at and, and I presume that the argument was probably the same in Lincoln as it was in Omaha from the uh, city attorney's point of view. Uh, they're still the city attorney in Omaha is still standing firm that yes, yeah. the attorney general's opinion should be considered, but you know it's just another another lawyer's opinion, right? And um, uh, they, they're making the case for for those who don't know this with the, in Omaha, and I think it's in Lincoln as well. What this really boils down to in Omaha is the ability of the city to keep guns out of parks. Uh, and uh, pathways like uh, walking trails, trails. have you, right? And that's nobody's really questioning whether or not you can keep guns out of city hall, for instance, or other city uh, properties uh, like uh, where, where trucks and stuff are repaired. Uh, the, the cities apparently have the ability to do that, even under LB seventy seven. It's these open areas that are in question. And um, I remember during the during the discussion and the uh, legal counsel for uh, for. Senator Brewer's committee uh, on all this, uh, he was making the case that, you know, you can't post enough signs in a, in a park so that people, if they have a concealed weapon, they could get into the park and never really see the sign that says you can't be here because how do you yeah, put signs true. all over these parks? Yeah. And, and that's sort of where this thing is coming down to. Um, the cities, of course, is maintaining that, that uh, in, in Omaha specifically, the complaint from City Council President uh, Pete Festerson when this whole thing was brewing was that Take Memorial Park in in, in Omaha. Yeah, uh, it's it's it's, a, it's an open park, but every Fourth of July you've got forty, fifty, sixty thousand people there. Uh, and according to Festerson, and and I actually I don't think he's probably wrong about this. People don't want people walking around with open carry or concealed weapons and not knowing who's got a gun and who doesn't have a gun. And the, and the police chiefs in both cities, uh, Omaha and Lincoln, have been adamant that they need they need more than you need in Ord or or in McCook. They need more sure. protections because of, because of the, the, the size of the populations and, and, and the difficulty of, of controlling weapons in the, in the, in the big cities. So, so it's, it's a classic urban-rural fight uh, in Nebraska. And as I said at the beginning, I, if I'm cities of Lincoln, Omaha, I'll take this in court as opposed to fighting it out in the legislature any day. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah and, and that... The, the the thing is, though, you could have a legislative session that basically changes everything while there's ongoing litigation, right? I mean, yes. Brewer could, in theory, and, and I assume probably will try this, if this is tied up in court and there's an ongoing lawsuit, I don't know, I, I assume he might go forward this coming session and put forward an amendment to the existing LB-77 that makes it completely clear what the intent is, uh, or at least his in, his intent with that was. And that could make a, a lawsuit moot at that point because the legislature can act in that, in that way, right? This is just about interpreting 
what they passed last year in LB 77, if I'm understanding yes. this correctly. Yes, and, I, and at that point, I, I guess I would presume that the cities would again try to get around it, saying that, you know, that there's a, here's a loophole. I mean, in fact, that's what we're talking about. Is, is there a loophole in the law that allows the cities to, to go a bit further uh, than, than others believe they can? Uh, so even my guess is even if there's new legislation, Lincoln and Omaha are still going to try to convince, you know, some courts somehow that, uh, that what they're doing is legal. But uh, it, it's going to get tied up. And again, going, I would think if it's in the legislature, if, if Senator Brewer does move this thing forward, um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine why he would lose any votes uh, and, and why this would get tied up. But then again, it's a short session. It's the 60-day session of the yeah. legislature. There's a lot of other bills that are going to be out right. there. There's going to be a lot of you know filibusters that are going to be flying around. Uh, maybe we're going to have some rules changes that are going to affect some how the bills get processed. So, you know, who knows? Uh, I, I learned a long time ago, predicting what the legislature is going to do is a fool's errand. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I guess just to, I've got the I've got the final text of LB 77 up. I mean, here's the language of it, right? It, it says um, that the legislature finds and declares that regulation of ownership, possession, storage, transportation, sale and transfer of firearms and other weapons is a matter of statewide concern. Notwithstanding any provision of home rule charter, county, cities and villages shall not have the power to regulate the ownership, possession, storage, transportation, sale or transfer of firearms or other weapons except as expressly provided by state law. So... And, and and you're saying that the, the 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 big problem is that with these open public areas is that they're not able because there's other state law that still would allow them to regulate it in like city hall right because there's yes. conspicuous notice that's possible but right. you couldn't do that on a on a bike trail for instance right you'd have to have you'd have to have signs every five feet I mean it would be you know ridiculous right uh, and 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 in large parks how you know you can you can enter there's most parks there's you just kind of enter anywhere. Or in, in some vicinity, there's no like a gate to go through to get into a park. Uh, that's and so that's the signage problem that, uh, that the cities feel that they've got the ability to go against the state on this. And I don't, you know, I, I mean, like I said, there's, I'm sure I would be surprised if Senator Brewer doesn't pursue this in some degree, whether or not they can tighten, you know, tighten it all up in, in a 60-day session and, and get everything through. That would remain to be seen. But it, but the, the court fight. Uh, I think is maybe where the cities would have their their, their best bet because, as I said before, with, with courts you never really know how these things are going to fall out. Yeah, yeah. Without a what's this? And I guess the other thing to add on to this is that the the lawsuit involving the Omaha uh, executive orders also targets the city's ban on bump stocks and on online kits used to build homemade guns, saying those violated. LB 77. So that, I mean, that really adds a whole new sort of, a whole sort of other element to this whole lawsuit for, for what's it, happening it does, with Omaha. It, it does, but uh, I'm, if I had to guess, the city of Omaha would be, if, 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 if there was a, if they could cut a deal, they'd probably let the bump stocks thing fly and the ghost guns part of their uh, ordinances fly. They, they, if they could keep the parks clear of the guns that they want to keep clear of the guns, I think they'd let the others go. Because during the bump stock, for example, during the bump stock discussion, it was pretty clear that uh, just because the city of Omaha bans bump stocks wouldn't prevent someone, for, for instance, having, their, having the bump stock sent to a, a post office box in La Vista, go pick it up, 
bring it back into Omaha and put it on their gun. It's, it's, it's a real fluid situation, and that came up during the debate uh, in, in the, in the, before the city council. So I would think in the end, if they, if they, had, to, if they had to choose, they really want to keep, the cities really want to keep these, the weapons out of the open park areas. Uh, they, city of Omaha could probably, like I said, if they had to cut a deal, they'd probably say, okay, to the bump stocks, yeah, these ghost gun situations, you know, okay, we can live with that, but we want to keep it out of the park. Interesting. All right. Interesting. Um, I see that you had a, uh, a story, I guess last week, this would have been sort of updating the, timeline or the existence of whether or not there will be candidates on the Democrat side in Nebraska for Senate. You had had a conversation earlier this year with Jane Klebb, and she had talked about maybe late fall being the time you would start to see those. Obviously, you haven't seen them yet. Uh, is is the answer still that they're coming? It's just going to be a little bit later? The answer is they're still coming. Uh, she moved fall into January, and uh, more specifically, it's she made it appear to be that, that, that there's going to there's be one candidate for sure that, that with a Democratic label, and that person, I presume, would be running against uh, uh, Senator Ricketts. Yeah. Uh, she, the that door is still open on the Democratic Party side of teaming up with Dan Osborne, the independent candidate, uh, and having that run against uh, Senator Fisher. And as difficult as it's been to find one candidate... For these two Senate races, my gut's telling me that yes, if they've got one again to run against Ricketts, they'll be glad to have to happy take that, and maybe they will form this alliance with Dan Osborne to uh, compete against Senator Fisher. Uh, I think that I think that's where it's heading. The, my guess is in the end, it's probably going to depend on how much money Osborne's able to is able to raise, and if the Democrats say, okay, there's enough money here uh, behind him that we can get in, involved with him. Uh, if he's not raising enough money, and we should know this, you know, the end of the year pretty soon here, how the fundraising has been going, uh, then they may they may say, well, we got to have our own candidate. But I I would think that at this point the Democrats would be happy to have one candidate against Ricketts and have this uh, alliance with Dan Osborne to run against Fisher. So, is I know I don't know we don't have a name, but like, is there even like a name of obvious people that it might be, or a group of people, or anybody that even pops out when you think about well, that? All I can go back to is the conversation I had with Jane Kleb uh, was probably July. It might have been late June, but I'm pretty sure it was in July. And I asked her, when, this is when she was saying they would have candidates by the fall. And I specifically said to her, are these people that, that the public that names the public will quickly recognize? And she said, yes. And I said, are these going to be public officials that are people currently in office? And she said, well, we'll have to wait and see on that. So she was telling me that when... When, whenever this person, whoever this person is that runs against whoever, uh, it's, it's a name where apparently it won't be totally strange to, all, to, oh, to us wow. when the name is announced. That's oh. how I'm taking it. Okay, there's only, uh, first of all, there's only a, like a tiny handful of people of any party that is, have tons yeah. of name recognition in right. Nebraska, so I don't right. really believe that. But, no, I mean, that's just, that's just the real, there's only probably three or four people who have real good name recognition in the state, even Republicans at that point. So that's very hard, because I can't think who that would be. Like, I can't even think of a Democrat that's, that would have great name recognition in the state. Well, I right? know we're talking about great name recognition. <laughs> okay. Some name, name recognition. Uh, that I could go, that I yeah. could go on the, uh, on the streets of, of Kearney and, and ask people if they knew who it was, and they would say, and more than, 25% would say yes. 
Well, tell you one of the funnier one of the funnier. <laughs> Give me a name. Ever, <laughs> one, 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 right. One of the funnier moments I ever had as a reporter. This was I, I think it was 1989. Uh, and, and the Democrats were trying to figure out who was going to run for governor going into 1990 against Kaor, and I was act- and, there were, and, and I was actually out in Scotts Bluff, and I had a, and I had pictures of four people from <laughs> Omaha, and one of them was the former mayor of Omaha, Hal Dobbs. Yeah. And I and I was and I was asking people if they knew who these people were, and I and I had Hal Dobbs' picture in my hand. I walked up to this one person. I said, told him what I was doing. I said, and I'm wondering if you know who these people are. And he looked at the picture of Hal Dobbs, and he says, Oh yeah. I know him. I go, who is he? He goes, I think he sells insurance over in Gehring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, right. Like, I'm trying to, th- I'm literally, I'm legit searching my mind thinking you could do that same thing now with a picture of a current Democrat and who that would be. I can't think of one. And not that much offense to Democrats because I can't think of that many Republicans either. There's only a few of them. Right. So, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. well, we'll see. We'll see if everyone knows who, the, who that is and if yeah. that if that ever happens should be interesting. All right. Uh, well, Joe, uh, again, as we as we talked about, thanks so much for being on with us this year. We'll get back to it here two weeks from today, which I believe is the eve of the legislative session. So I guess we'll do our official legislative pregame show coming up in two Tuesdays. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. There you go. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. Merry Christmas, Joe. Talk to you next uh, two weeks. All right. There it is, Joe Jordan News Channel, Nebraska, 725. We'll grab a break. Sports is next on KLIN. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get it started. Count them down, beginning with number five. Five-star quarterback Dylan Raiola has flipped his commitment from Georgia to the Nebraska Huskers. He's number eight overall a recruit in ESPN's rankings for the class of 2024. Finally happened. There was Big a get. lot of speculation, although there were also a lot of Husker fans who were just a little bit nervous about this whole thing. We had <laughs> You had him in town. You had heard all of the recruiting experts say this is going to happen. You don't have to worry, but yet, and I don't blame people for being like this, they wanted to actually have it happen and quit having time pass without it happening to start to feel good about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, now the commitment has been made. The papers have not been signed. That's at least tomorrow. In terms of a commitment, although there may have been some other papers signed in terms of NIL or something like yeah. that. But but I think you can feel safe now. Are we looking at the number two on the NIL? I, I don't know, and that probably won't be disclosed to us, but it's got to be 
I'm going to guess it's I, significant. I heard two. Uh, could be. I don't know. Uh, Matt Rule threw out the number one to two million dollars for a for a, that was for a transfer. And that was for the portal. Yeah, but that was for the portal. But but who knows? So he will be coming into the, to the class, and man, Caleb, there's not it's just going to be a different situation than you've had at Nebraska with a sort of an an incoming expected superstar like this from day one. Yeah, there is, and, and you still have for scholarship guys in this room, Heinrich Harburg and Chubba Purdy still here. Jeff Sims entered the portal, and you still have Daniel Kalen coming in with this class. So right. you're, you're going to have four guys right there battle it out in the spring because uh, Daniel and Dylan are both going to join here at semester to get onto campus yes. and, and get everything rolling right away. And then, of course, when, when you get a quarterback like this, not, I mean, and you look at Kalen, he was still an Elite 11 quarterback, so those are guys that get invited to a special camp, and they they, they have to be playing really well to get an invite to that. But when you add a, a guy like this, the number one quarterback in the class, top 10 guy overall, they tend to bring people with them. And right. now, now you're watching, do others decommit from places to now come to Nebraska, or are there signing day flips tomorrow? Who else is deciding to come in with Dylan, Riola, And then who, just based on numbers, maybe there's some other guys that Nebraska wants to add. Now they have to tell some other guys, hey, sorry, we no longer have room. Yes. There there are a lot of moving parts when you get somebody of this caliber based on their recruiting profile. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Uh, It's going to be a busy day at the spring game, I think, Caleb. (laughs) Yeah, there's excitement for it. Last year you got a... First year head coach, and now now this year you you feel like maybe although the team didn't make a bowl game, things are going in the right direction, and now you get this this signee coming in with the, this recruit. There's going to be a lot of excitement coming around to the the old red white game. Number one quarterbacks overall the last few years: Quinn Ewers, Ohio State, then went to Texas. Bryce Young to Alabama. Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma. Trevor Lawrence uh, was a was a number one. Guys like Josh Rosen, Davis Mills. So. Some have gone on and been the superstars they're projected to. Some were were solid, mm-hmm. maybe not, maybe not life changing. I think Nebraska um, so. would be. I mean, you want life changing, right? Yeah. I yeah. think Nebraska would take solid. And if you if you right. were if you were guaranteed today, and you said, "Hey, he might not be first team All American," right? But if you were to get solid for four years, you take that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, where where you're looking at where your floor is at? I would take that right now. Yeah, it'll. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be all of a sudden. Things looked pretty down a few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden, the <laughs> level of excitement is ramped right back up. Uh, word from the program. old guy. What's that? Measure your expectations. Uh, no, a never. Just a, I didn't say measure them short. <laughs> I just said measure. Just know, know what they are. They're just, their la- exact length. Uh, My right. expectations are like when I tell fishing stories, Mark. Don't, uh, yeah. don't worry, I have a self-regulator after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. I believe it was yesterday that we talked about uh, Attorney General Mike Hilger's opinion on LB-77, the gun thing, and he said basically that the mayor executive orders out of the mayor's office in both Omaha and Lincoln was not correct. But as you pointed out with your extensive legal background, that this is an opinion, right? And and not it does it's not, not carry the, it does not carry the force of law. Well, maybe we'll get that now because the Nebraska Firearms Association filed in Douglas and Lancaster County against the mayors 
on that very issue. Nebraska Examiner broke this story, I believe, this morning. Right. Um, so that they've filed suit against Omaha and Lincoln. They're arguing that section uh, a section of LB seventy seven specifically prohibits cities from doing this. The cities, at least Omaha city attorney, that's quoted in the story is saying, "Hold on, actually LB seventy seven specifically grants cities." The power to prohibit possession of concealed firearms on the premises and places under its control with conspicuous notice. That's one thing that could be interested in, interesting in this discussion. Are some of these places impossible to give conspicuous notice for? A bike path, right? Yeah. A Holmes Park. A park, yeah. Right. Um, or, or, or can you do that? Is that? I mean, I think that's one of the discussions. Joe Jordan brought up a good point, too, is the one thing that you could do. If, you know, Tom Brewer or the legislature, if they see this lawsuit going on and they're like, and they're saying, well, look, we had an intent with this. It's very clear. It's being misrepresented in this, uh, in, in what the cities are saying in this lawsuit. They could just go and rewrite part of the law this session if they yeah, wanted it, to. But remember how close that vote was. I know, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I understand that, but I'm not sure that you're losing votes for this. Probably not. Yeah. You may not. You. You may not be, especially when the AG came out and said what what he said on this. But right. it sounds like Omaha. I mean, at least for Omaha's part, and we had we had quotes yesterday from Yuance Christie from uh, he's he's Lincoln's legal counsel. Um, it sounds like they're standing firm. Obviously, I'm gonna have the mayor on tomorrow, and I assume they're gonna go through with this with this lawsuit. Barring any legislative action, that's how this is going to be what, resolved. Then, what would be the first steps, or can the court just issue a temporary injunction? That'll be get... the first discussion, I would guess. Yeah, uh, yeah I, w- I would guess that the plaintiff in this case, which is this gun owners group, would say would file an application for right away uh, temporary injunctive relief, asking the court to say, "Hey, until further notice, until we figure this out, the cities will not be able to enforce these executive gotcha. orders." Look at that decision by the court. It often gives you a good idea of where the case is going to go overall. And that we have no timeline on that, do we? No, but that's usually in the first, you know, the first set of filings. So that that'll be one of the first things okay. in the coming weeks that's that's argued if this thing continues to to go forward. So yeah, I would say early twenty twenty four is is maybe is when you're going to start to hear what what's going to happen with that, and uh, may or may not have those executive orders in effect during the pendency of this action. Number three. The Lincoln on the Move project, that six-year quarter-cent sales tax uh, effort. In the first four years, $59.9 million spent on streets. Uh, Mayor Larry Gaylor Baird, uh, joined by LTU Director uh, Liz Elliott and others as they gave their annual report yesterday. $96 million is the expected total over the six years. Uh, it uh, sunsets in September of 2025, but they've had... Uh, 47 projects completed. I think it's 17 for this year. It's always this is always an interesting thing because it 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 it's the clash of two common complaints of people in in the city of Lincoln, which is number one, the streets are bad and need work, and number two, I'm taxed too much, <laughs> and. They're both, at, you know, in in in, in you're you're adding on. We voted to do this, but you're adding on to the sales tax here, um, and all this money has been put into the streets. I'm curious if people feel like they're better. If this is perceivable change, um, improvement from when you started this whole thing. Um, I mean, I know we got we got a project done in our neighborhood. 
But I, again, I've, I'm, I always consider myself a terrible person to talk about street issues because, I, and I fully acknowledge this, fully self-aware, I just don't notice them as much as a ton of other people do, for whatever reason. Present just, company, like yeah, me. Yeah, included. like you, and and most people that I talk yeah. to, frankly. I'm, I realize I'm in the minority, so I'm just saying. But like they put some blacktop in on our neighborhood. I assume that was part of this, because the majority of this was existing street repair. 75% yeah. of this yeah, was. Yes, 70 plus, yeah, yeah. 75. Seven, or in that, thereabouts. Now, question is, this thing sunsets at the end of, uh, or September, fall of 2025. Right. right. So, A, is the city going to ask for to renew it, likely in spring of 2025 on the ballot? And number two, what kind of an appetite will the voters have for that if that comes to the ballot? Right. And will it be the same quarter cent ask or, as some have indicated, very quietly, I might add, in very small circles that I've heard this, they might ask for a half cent so that they can actually increase it? Yeah, that that's going to be a tough uh, sell. I think. Yeah, I think that would be a tough sell too. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but collections have been higher than projected, so that's one right. good thing. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number two, Lincoln Lancaster County Health Department reported yesterday an increase in respiratory illness in the county, including COVID nineteen and flu. Uh, Two hundred thirty three COVID nineteen cases for the week ending December sixteenth, up from two hundred one the prior week. All right. Con- continuing to uh, see some increases in in this thing. Uh, hopefully, everybody's set, staying healthy. The, the, uh, the one that we are hearing a lot more about is RSV this year. Yeah, yep. A- and the vaccines and, <laughs> and how it uh, affects younger children and those of us over sixty. Why do I, you say yep like that? Uh, because I get messages almost daily from our daycare about somebody's classroom, somebody. Somebody tested for RSV, and then my wife works at a pediatrics office, and she just tells me how overrun it is constantly with people coming in with sick kids right now. Yeah, it's um, and that can be so frustrating too, uh, figuring that whole that whole process out. So hopefully everybody's hopefully everybody's staying healthy. Um, I know I was going to say this, but I realize it's controversial now. But I'm going to get my I'm going to get my flu shot here. I haven't gotten it yet. So, need to make sure I've got that. I've always gotten it in the past. It didn't used yep. to be super controversial. I got it. And yeah. follow, following directions from the person that's in the medical field in the family, I got my COVID booster. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that too. And but. I was thinking about the RSV, and then I got a call a week or so ago. And I was in a clinical trial a year ago, and they actually told me I got the RSV vaccine in that trial. Oh, you oh. did? You? So. <laughs> I'm already taking care of that. Hey, look at you go. Wow. Yes. All right. <laughs> of course, if if I don't know whether you can remember back, but I'm sure Jack can remember in uh, restrooms, the the old uh, cloth. Yeah. Uh, hand, I can't tape, believe we did that. You know, the, the, the cloth thing that went on double rollers. Right. It was just, it wasn't, it wasn't disposable. It was yeah, just, it just, it was rolled just around. a cloth that everyone <laughs> used. I still, I still think we're probably immune to just about every, anything and everything. I can't believe, I had forgotten that. Uh, just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. What what were we thinking? What in the world were we thinking at that time? Well, we were thinking that at some point in your life, it's going to end and you're going to die. I know. It's just, <laughs> I guess, I guess so. I mean, even beyond that, it's just gross. But oh, this is still wet from someone else having used yeah. it. <laughs> Number one. Oh, you'll like this one, Mark. 
No, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Minnesota's, uh, Minnesotans have been uh, working for months as a commission tasked with redesigning its state flag. Uh, they narrowed it from 2,000 public submissions down to six finalists, then three, and finally a single concept. Uh, members going to fine-tune the details and reveal the new flag. Today. 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 So it's a... Uh Flag with a blue abstract shape of the state's borders, an eight-point North Star. It was submitted by a 24-year-old from Laverne. Also includes a white, green, and blue stripe representing the state's snow, nature, and water. It's kind of Seattle Seahawks colored, if you want kind of a color palette. I would, I would Which say is a little the, bit like the Dallas Stars hockey team. A little bit. A little bit. Or, or actually the is, Minnesota Timberwolves kind of have that, too. Yeah, but yeah. why they've got the North Stars. The North Stars pulled up and left Minnesota, the hockey team, years ago. I, I hate this. <laughs> They're now the Dallas Stars. I know, They're I know. Yeah. I, you're not the only one, I, don't, I think, feels that way. But, very, so you don't, but you don't like the flag, or you don't like the idea of changing the flag? I like the old original one. I thought, the, the old original one that pretty much looks like Nebraska's and, like, yeah. 18 other states. Yep. But uh, but also makes Native Americans mad, apparently. Yeah, also that. I mean, at least Nebraskans don't have that problem. Their only problem is you can't see it whatsoever. But not, but not all the tribes in Minnesota were upset over that. Oh, okay. Like they thought it was sort of, That's, you know, kind of a. I'm not weighing into that territory. No, I don't, I don't know either. what that is, but I'll tell you what. I support changing the Nebraska flag because I, I can't see it, Mark. I can't tell. A tiny seal does not belong on a flag. 50 feet in the air. True. It does not belong. Keep it for your letterhead, right? In, in my opinion, Minnesota had two options that were better than this. What were those? Paul Bunyan, of course, <laughs> or the Hams Bear. <laughs> the, the Hams Bear. See, California already has a bear on their flag, so I feel but like that might not, be a... But not like the Hams Bear. I, I hope... From the land of sky blue waters. <laughs> I had a friend who said he... he I said I had a friend who said when he drank uh, when he drank two hams beers it gave him a stomach ache but it could be solved by drinking a bush light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, there you go. I hope I hope Nebraska maybe takes a little cue from this. I'm sure we won't. I'm sure we won't. And again, I'm not asking to abolish the seal. I'm asking to move it to visible spaces. That's all. That's all. So we can appreciate. The seal. Now, I, if I had to criticize the seal, I could, but I'm not even going down that road. I'm not even playing that card here at if this If you point. want to see how, how pushback at some levels can affect the state, just Google the Kansas uh, the license vehicle, plate? vehicle license. Yeah, we, oh, we, yeah, we, we talked about that. We talked about that maybe when you were go, like, yeah, Kansas Ooh. had a moment, like Nebraska's had multiple times. Where the license plate was screwed up, or they didn't they didn't like the design at all in yeah, Kansas. Didn't like it, and they canceled it. And they canceled it. I'm gonna run. Don't worry, for- Nebraska's canceled their last three and redid them <laughs> up up before the last one. I'm gonna put together a uh, a committee to see if I should do this, but I think I'm gonna run for state legislature based with, on this with one goal and one goal only. What's that? I will abstain from every vote <laughs> except on the flag. I am there to get the flag uh, redone. And you'll probably be the most effective legislator in the whole body <laughs> this year. You got my vote. We need to win over your vote. Senator Caleb. New flag. Yeah. Uh, is it about the flag? Uh, don't expect it. <laughs> what, what, what is your position on property tax relief? None. <laughs> be a short platform. <laughs> they, it's... We're, that's just how we're measuring everything right now. Yeah, that's true. While we're at it, let's change the seal, too, then.
I mean, I'll leave that to... Uh, there are some people who just don't like the seal either for a variety of reasons. Not the same reasons Minnesotans don't like theirs, but uh, there's a variety of... Cre- uh, I'll leave that up to the seal aficionados, okay? I'm just saying get it off places we can't see it. Okay. Right? That's it. That's it. All right, 755. That is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on a Tuesday morning, 33 degrees, 809 on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Coming up 25 minutes from right now, John Baylor joins us fresh from Tampa. Maybe a little sad. I don't know. I don't know if JB gets sad. I'm sad right now. I I'm very feeling, disappointed. I think he's a little sad. Yeah. I think he is? Yeah. All right. I'm sad. Grab we'll your teddy bear. <laughs> we'll see uh, how he's feeling. Uh, but before we do that, it's time to talk with Lincoln Chamber of Commerce's Jason Ball joining us right now in the studio. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm not you're sad not, You're right not now. sad. That's I'm good. Happy holidays. Nor, nor are you coming from Florida. So the, Also right. true. Also, also true. Also very true. Happy happy holidays to you. Glad to have you with us. It's our last visit of, of 2023. And, you know, I, th- I thought we could kind of take some of the time talking a little bit about some of the things that were significant in 2023, looking ahead to, to 2024 as well. Um, and one of those things that's been uh, a conversation throughout 2023, we're kind of seeing some movement on now is, is the convention center. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I just kind of wanted to get your take because like the County is, is kind of the governing authority behind this right now. And I know they were the ones who recently approved mm-hmm. some of the expenditures, approved the, the consultant situation. Um, I know then the consultant came right out and gave us a few locations that at least are interested in it yeah. from this part. Yeah. I, I mean, I know where you stand overall on the convention center, but curious on your sort of reaction the last week or so of news when it comes to the convention center. Yeah. Well, so we were very proud to support. Legends is the consulting group that's mm-hmm. been brought in, and, and uh, uh, the co-chairs Rich Herrick and, and Senator Elliot Bostar were, were there to make that announcement, uh, along with the four sites. We we consider this uh, meaningful progress, and uh, um, people can search online for for more information on the four sites that were proposed. Um, I want to stress it's not an exhaustive list yet, and I know okay. a lot of eyes are on uh, other locations in town, and that that part will come later when they they do the 
the uh, the real uh, pr- uh, kick off the process. And so this this uh, recommendation from developers and landowners about you know again what's our world look like now? Because even from the preliminary feasibility studies, things changed. And so we we kind of know we have four sites that have expressed some interest. All of them are you know uh, good ownership groups, good developers, people that know what they're doing. Uh, you know would really be ex- reasonably be expected to be able to do a big project like this. Um, so it's it's good news. It's uh, you know we got a lot of work ahead of us, and that will be a public discussion. Decisions have not started yet. Yeah, and, and and I guess when we talk about 2024, part of it, I think the more fun thing to talk about is is the different sites that you could use. But part of this is going to be identifying funding sources. Correct? Like that's still yeah. a big chunk of the the rock that's got to be pushed up the hill here for 2024. Correct? Yeah, and that's why we put together a group uh, for Assemble Lincoln to look at this because there are some still foundational questions related to governance and oversight, funding, how you're going to complete the capital stack that really does have to be uh, determined. And even um, we we anticipate no matter where it ends up going in the downtown area uh, that the um, turn back sales tax that was enabled through state legislation last year um, will be the majority of the funding source. But between those four sites or others that come up um, will determine more or less of that resource might be available. And so it it takes a real sophisticated analysis to say, you know, really how how much is going to be needed in different locations. Um, it is kind of fun and interesting to to sort of think of the different sites. You know, I know you, you're not going to endorse one or the other, and I, I'm not either. But yeah. you know, some of them are smaller. It would be kind of have to be a sort of like a taller deal, maybe. Some of them yeah. are a little bit more sprawling. You're kind of in all four quadrants of downtown with the four that have come forth and and shown some interest. We really did hit the compass points with them, yeah. which I, I was very glad about. I'm glad this community has options for such an important decision and it's it's really neat to talk to some of the developers that are um you know they 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 travel around they look at other communities and what they have done and some of those ideas are very uh vertical for lack of a better Mm -hmm. way to put it um you know i had not come across some of these uh, concepts that some of the development companies are looking at but they're 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 really neat ideas about you know instead of a, a wide flat box you know do your loading and um, you know, the big escalators right. where people come in at and have your entryways and then get people moving upwards. Yeah, I never really even thought of that. Yeah. But I mean, I like, I heard the, uh, the, the site that they were talking, one of them at least, it was kind of catty corner to the rail yard. I was like, well, uh, that's going to have to be, that's going to be have to go up more than out. Really. Yeah. yeah. And maybe some of the other ones too, but that was the first thing that I thought w- with there too. So, so that, that'll be fascinating. Um, what, uh, what do you think when you're kind of thinking of this, if 2024 goes well, with this, like, how far down the line are we talking for something like this if things go well over the course in, in terms of when we're actually we're actually breaking ground, when we're actually having conventions, yeah. there, those sorts of things? You have any idea? That's that's the question of the day, Jack, and 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 I'm going to uh, uh, apologetically uh, not give dates on that, but <laughs> I, my my anticipation, my hope, really is by mid year next year, we've got more of a solid plan that answers those questions okay. about timeline. Um, I, I'm very confident we're going to get to mid-year and have a much better idea of what kind of a location we're working with, and that will also lead to, uh, you know, what development group is going to be, I think, more closely involved. And so, um, you know, we're very excited about that. And, and to clarify, the chamber is supporting this initiative. We uh, have yeah. provided some of the funding along with uh, DLA and uh, Rotary and the Community Foundation, um, as well as the county, to to fund the consultant coming in. Uh, but this is not a chamber-led uh, project. That's what Assemble Lincoln is mm-hmm. there. 
afford the uh, the chambers helping staff that and support that through the work at Jeff Mall. Let's talk about Lincoln on the move, something else that was big in 2023 and will be in 2024 and then maybe kind of reevaluated for what comes next after that when you get into 2025. I know that the city talked about that a little bit yesterday, talked about the sales tax revenue that has been spent and what it was spent on exactly. Yeah. I know being a chamber guy, obviously, you like roads, you like good infrastructure, you also like lower taxes as well. Um, so, oh, you're speaking my language. Yeah, exactly. But it's interesting because you got, and, and that's, I think, the feel of a lot of people in the city too, right? Yeah. Like they're like, yeah. the roads need to be better. I want my taxes yeah. to be low. And so, I, I guess, how do, how do you look at what, what's, what's happened with this so far? Is this kind of played out like I think it, it was hoped by the people who were saying that it was a good thing to do? Well, so I'm going to defer to my ignorance and not being here when this was voted on the first time. Yeah. And so I, I don't know what expectations were really wrapped around this. What I, what I can say is down the road, we've got two years left on uh, construction funded by this. And, uh, you know, uh, the mayor mentioned yesterday, uh, 40% of our total investment in streets and roads in, in Lincoln uh, throughout the life of this program has has come from this program, right? And so 40% is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and when everyone, I think, has a shared uh, desire to invest in more of the street and road infrastructure, if if we're talking about you know uh, removing or continuing forty uh, percent of that funding, it's really really important. And the city, I think, in with respect to the Lincoln on the Move, if you Google Lincoln on the Move and poke around on the city site, it will come up in a Google search very easily. You can get to their reporting page on mm-hmm. what projects have been done. Uh, they even have projects that have been planned. You can see on the map; it's touched every corner of the city. I consider it essential. And so to answer your first question of, you know, do we have streets or low taxes? Um, the, the, the challenge there is balance. And balance takes constant reassessment and, and realignment based on what our evolving needs look like. Um, if we want to be the type of vibrant and growing city that we talk about on this show and in so many other contexts in this community, we're going to have to find ways to make investments in street and roadway infrastructure. It's just, it's just essential. If we don't, um, it's not even just a business issue, though it is very important to business. Well, it's homes, too. Well, that's what I was going to say. A big chunk of it, like 75% of this is existing roads, right? And, you know, I, you think of new business and new areas of town. I think of new roads. But the vast majority of this is going to existing infrastructure. It's, but that, it's still something that, that, that you feel is important from your perspective, I assume. Yep. And, and that's one of the things that, that when I look into the data and when I'm talking with my team about how we assess this, existing roads is sort of a broad umbrella. Is it neighborhood or is it arterial? Right, right. And so, uh, you know, we saw the the repaving uh, mill and overlay work on 84th Street uh, mm-hmm. as part of this uh, this summer. Right, that was a huge project. Um, you know, a lot of orange cones up during the summer. It was inconvenient when it happened, but now we have a, a really great new safe roadway. Right. Um, you know, from the chamber's perspective, those arterial uh, projects are absolutely essential. And that is what visitors coming into the community see and experience as the arterials a lot. Um, it's essential for business to get people and products uh, where they need to be. And so when it, when it comes to whether or not it's existing, it's arterials that we're right. predominantly interested in. There is no doubt, though. Um, how we balance out our investments on the growth side is going to be important because if we want to continue to build homes, which putting right. up more rooftops is the best way to put downward pressure on the cost of a home in Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have to get street and road uh, infrastructure into neighbor new neighborhoods 
too. Yeah. And that's and that's where I think there's some ongoing community conversations. I don't know what that's going to look like in the new uh, you know, proposed iteration, but certainly right. the chamber's involved in those discussions. And you touch on another thing. One of the biggest issues, obviously, in 2024 here in a lot of places is going to continue to be supply of homes, affordable housing, home affordability, the ability with, with interest rates where they are, with housing supply, with real estate costs, how they are. Where is that battle kind of going to be fought in, in 2024 as, as you look at it? Because it's something I think, I think, you know, across, across a whole lot of sectors of, of the city, people agree this is an issue, but like where are the main, where, th- where can things change? How do things change with that going forward? I know it's a really big question. Boy, that but- is. Uh, and, and tell me if I'm taking this in direction you weren't thinking about. But but I look at that as a, a workforce central question. Yeah. And so what we're going to talk about, yes, it will be homes. It will be that mix of uh, affordable or workforce housing, whichever term you like better, um, uh, that is that is going to be a discussion that we're going to have. It's also going to happen at the state legislature next mm-hmm. year. Um, housing is going to be of central importance to some plans that I think we're going to see coming out of it, and we've already heard from some of our legislators about uh, about housing desires. Childcare is getting wrapped into this too, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be. Um, Jack, there's not going to be any one magic bullet that makes no. Lincoln or Nebraska for housing purposes affordable, for workforce purposes successful. It's going to take a multi-year effort uh, to continue to push forward on a lot of different fronts. And I think in ways that are going to stretch our maybe our creativity um, and certainly our state and our community's ability to work together in new and different ways. Yeah. Um, I know that you were kind of the uh, the moderator of a discussion among state senators yeah. uh, yesterday, and and they'll obviously be getting together at the Capitol a couple of weeks from from tomorrow to begin the legislative session. Um, I, I guess just kind of give it you being in the room with them. I've seen some heard some news reports about it today, but tell us a little bit about what was discussed and maybe what you gleaned from the discussion. You know, it, it was fun to to get to be in there, and I appreciate the delegation asking me to do that. This was not a chamber event, so I was I was off the clock and on my own time. Nice, just fun. MC seeing huh? that's right. all right very good <laughs> um you know we hit we hit the areas that i think uh, nebraskans and all taxpayers here would would expect us to hit property tax uh was a big uh, discussion and from both angles uh i i really appreciated the audience questions that that were put forward in terms of you know look i like the government services i get um but at the same time how do we how do we balance property tax out and mm-hmm. um, and some of the delegation even mentioned you know how how does that mix in with other tax resources and revenue sources that um the state has um and i think we're going to continue Continue to see a very vibrant discussion on uh, on what different people feel like is is appropriate there, and I I think that's healthy and okay to have that that dialogue. Um, but I do want to make sure, and, and the chamber is being careful in how we talk about this specific question. Taxes are associated with services, right? And you, right. You, they're two sides of the same coin. And so, you know, uh, to, to say, hey, I want more services without figuring out how you're going to pay for it, I think is a, a difficult proposition. I think it's equally difficult to say, hey, we're just going to cut taxes without saying how that's going to be assessed in terms of do we have less uh, resources. That was a big chunk of the discussion. Right. And, and I think part of the discussion there and, and elsewhere is, has always been, too, avoiding brain drain, bringing people here, keeping people here, those sorts of things. Are there, and I know there's disagreement on this about certain things, and it becomes, you know, 
Uh, do taxes matter? Do they not matter? Does it, is there anything that we all that I mean, generally everybody kind of agrees is like a one thing at least we can check off. That's like, man, if we all agree that if we did this thing better, you would have a much better chance of. Is there anything like? Because there's, I just see this discussed, and I see people kind of using it for issue for other having sort of having it be a vehicle for other political disagreements essentially if that makes sense yeah it does make sense yeah and 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 i i hear and sense that too yeah you know um jack what i'll well observe is the thing that i buy into in this whole workforce discussion um is based in the numbers and we talk about the brain drain. There was that Nebraska Examiner article here earlier this week about yeah. the, the brain drain and it's uh, it, it changing, it's evolving in, in how it's felt. Um, when you look at the number of graduating seniors or juniors in our, our statewide high school systems versus the number of kindergartners or first graders that are in the, the earlier part of that pipeline, um, we have more people graduating than coming into the school system Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. says and there's a lot of reasons for that this is i'm not throwing rocks at anybody um uh it's a demographic shift that we're undergoing um that's that's where i think we need to start that that's the basis of our challenge because we talk about brain drain and i want nebraska kids to stay here too i want lincoln kids to be able to stay here and have a, a rewarding career um i want more people like me to to feel like they want to come back and have that opportunity that they're so excited to come back and and do their jobs in in these communities but we need to remember this is the same trend in every other state yeah we have we have really got to wrestle with how nebraska one competes with its image to say hey people from iowa people from ohio people from new york or california come here um we also need to wrestle with how we're going to work with with immigration from outside the country in new and different ways yeah the, those are the just the numbers it's just the math one way you can keep uh, get people coming here is by telling them there's no winter here anymore you know <laughs> oh ladies and gentlemen there's no more winter in, in lincoln in nebraska, nebraka so you heard it here come first on here on KLI. come on here we're going to get crushed now in January and February. <laughs> Jason, good to talk to you. Happy New Year. We'll uh, check in with you in a couple weeks. All Merry right? Christmas. All right, Thanks. there you go. 825, it is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Waking babies in the North Bottoms. And then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Okay, it is time for the Jack Attack with JB, who is back in town. Isn't the rest of the week Jack Attack? It's just 
branded Jag Attack from uh, Monday morning. Is it? I wasn't yeah. notified of this change. 6 a.m. It's, it's just a full, full week of Jack Attack. Yes. That's good. That's good. Uh, or maybe we can do that uh, you know, next week when we have our uh, best of shows. Yeah, Bob we'll Caleb do that and next I are week. on vacation. That's really... What you, best that's, of. Best of. It's hard to select. I mean, oh. it's not only your segments, you know, but... It's just not wall-to-wall JB, Jack Attack. <laughs> we could have done that. Actually, just all, t- honestly, all, ne- all next Tuesday is just JB segments. We honestly... We could have basically started in January and done all our segments and yeah. filled all of next <laughs> week with that and you could have lived your life basically in a week nice uh what we were talking about i'm excited to hear what you had to say about munch madness in 2023 <laughs> there you are I, I don't blame you i am too that's good to stuff. be honest uh all right jb well where Ooh. to even start i guess i guess the question that i still have on my mind after that whole uh thing went down on sunday was what in the crap happened well, I, we uh, chose the wrong day to play poorly. And we really struggled <laughs> passing the volleyball. And when you can't pass, you can't run your offense. And was this... How much of this was about Texas having super serves? How much of it was about you know Nebraska, a struggle that's come up with Nebraska before that was just exaggerated? Or how much of was this something that was completely out of the blue? It must have been Texas, because they did the same thing to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Same thing to two of the best teams in the country. Most people thought it was going to be Nebraska and Wisconsin in the championship match, and Texas did the same thing, used the same formula against both, and that is starting around the middle of the second set, suddenly the opponent cannot pass these serves, and you wonder how, because I didn't watch every Wisconsin match, but I did watch every, nearly each of the uh, Nebraska matches. I haven't seen that all year. I mean, they've struggled occasionally at passing, but not for a sustained period of time. That was part of the secret formula, that they never spent an entire match struggling and that's one reason they didn't lose until mm-hmm. they were 28-0 and they played really well against Wisconsin on the road and, and, and got swept in that one but um, they, they did not feature the shortcomings that we saw in the championship match until that Sunday. But you're right it, you're, you're right the same thing happens against Wisconsin yet you go back the weekend before that and obviously they knock off Stanford but they they struggled with Tennessee, who didn't have a libero for most of that match, too, mm. right? They weren't, you know, they they got down a set to Texas A and M at the beginning of the tournament yep. as well. It wasn't. I know there are a lot of people that just were kind of like, you know, Texas was just was just a way better team the whole year. Well, they, I mean, they weren't. No. That's not. They were on that day for sure. But it's not like a situation of this is who both of these teams are, right? Well, their, their head coach told me between the national semis and the championship match that their setter was getting better, and Jenna Wenis, their second outside, was getting she better was great. all yeah. season long. Uh, I think environmental issues might have been coming into play a little bit because we were playing on a hockey rink, and it's colder, and the ball moves more. But, of course, yeah. Texas had to deal yeah, with the deal same with the conditions. Right. There were new volleyballs that are apparently a little harder than most, uh, but... Again, Texas had to deal with the same issue. Uh, yeah, it, it's a bit of a puzzle. There was a lot of people who said, well, you know, this is kind of, you wondered if Nebraska's youth would, would have this issue against experience at some point, and maybe that's what it was. What's your take on, on that? Because I'm sure you've heard that already. Well, you know, I mean, we were uh, uh, we were to a person probably on average a little more than two years younger, and that that might have an effect. I mean, they, that's a lot of time in the weight room, bigger, stronger. Mm-hmm. They just caught fire at the right time. What I saw on Thursday night was scary. That was one of the best, most dominant performances in the sport of volleyball I've ever seen when Texas just completely dismantled Wisconsin. I mean, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin was supposed to win that match. It wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. 
So then you wonder, okay, can they do it again? And the answer, I guess, is yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess the truth about this sport, and we've seen it with Nebraska in years, too, is it's not always just kind of a, a linear, this is who this team is. It's about, as you've said in the past, peaking at the right time, right? There's that. And there's very clear peaks within and the season. This is a momentum sport, and so Texas suddenly started getting a couple aces in that pivotal 11-point Texas run there in the middle of the second set. Uh, and um, once that happens, it just snowballs. So mm-hmm. Nebraska I was outscored 43-15 to 15 over the last 58 rallies. Yeah, I just, yeah it's, you know, it's unthinkable. It really is. <laughs> I it mean, just, it really is. It was, it just, it t- it's takes your breath away. Stunning. Just yeah. shocking. Uh, one of the things, I mean, a million things contributed to it. One of the things I was thinking about, though, is uh, I didn't think about it coming into it all that much, but Texas, I'm sure, came into this match. They're the defending champs, but let's let's be honest about it. Nebraska's been a bit of a darling of the volleyball world mm-hmm. during the course of this year. And they're young and, you know, to some degree inexperienced compared to Texas. They've got a de facto home game in Tampa. I mean, Texas had every reason to want to beat Nebraska because of who they were. Yep. I Us- think usually they do, and there there is absolute uh, animated emotion between these two programs. Not just the fan bases. I'm talking about the the programs themselves as well. So yeah, this I got that sense. The the environmental conditions that you just described over the last three and a half months probably amplified and increased the desire on the part of Texas to. Send a message. Yeah, and I don't know that I saw that same, and I'm not sure if the history isn't isn't there with some of the players from Nebraska. I'm not sure I felt that same chip on the shoulder from the Nebraska program. You know, I think they were kind of taking them like the next opponent to some degree. I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but at least not. To, I mean, Texas came into that match on edge from the coaching staff during the first set to the players, to everything. I mean, they were they were playing with an edge. On edge isn't the right word, but with an edge, essentially, I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you Allie, saw it right Allie away. Allie Batenhorst should have been extremely motivated. It's her home state university, yeah. and she turned them down to choose Nebraska, and she had had a, a career match against her in 2020, a, f- a career match for her in 2021 at the regional final, and she really struggled. She had negative. Mm-hmm. She, her first swing was good. She had a later third set swing, but my goodness, the rest of the match... Now, Again, the the offense was all out of sorts because the passing wasn't there. Yeah, I mean Bergen was getting pulled off the net all the time for the opportunities when she could actually get her hands on the ball. I mean, often other players were having to bump set. Was there was there something too about the the scheming? I know when Texas coach got upset, the coaches got upset. They thought Nebraska was out of rotation uh, in the way that they were set up pre serve. And I think, I mean, I think Texas was obvious. I think probably they do this every match, but man, they really had figured out where and to whom to serve that ball to, and who to keep it away from. Well, ironically, with their service. ironically, they went right after Lexi, so yeah. it was very counterintuitive. Okay. Eventually, they moved away from her, but they had some success against Lexi yeah, right away. Did. Yeah, and then yeah. Nebraska was trying to change its serving patterns. You know, once Asia O'Neill got four service aces in a row, and. And so, just couldn't find the right combination. Yeah, and and it's crazy too. Like Asia O'Neill, those four in a row—that was her career high aces for a yeah. match in four serves. Right, Texas. I looked it up during the match. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Is this the best serving team in America?" Eighty eighth in aces per set. Yeah, in America. So, <laughs> it was just—it's just—it's—it's it, it's bizarre. Uh, it really is. But it's—it was. It it was tough. What was it like being there during that calling that match? You've had so many great moments, yeah. great matches, victories. You haven't had this 
experience well, as a broadcaster. Well, remember, very the often. first half of the match was quite competitive, so everything yeah. seemed to be setting up for a classic. Right. I remember after that first set, I was like, "This thing's going five. Yeah. Right. That, that's how I felt. That and then I was it was dead wrong. Ten seven Nebraska, and uh, in the second set, and everything just spun on a dime. And thereafter, it was forty three to fifteen Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you and you just you could feel it, right? It was about and it was about five six points into that third set. You're like they're not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty clear, despite how many times they've been able mm-hmm. been able to do that that kind of thing. Um, what does this all mean for? I, I, I want to get into the personnel and the transfers and those sorts of things, but how do you think this changes this team going into next year? Well, it humbles them. We get we got a lot of accolades this year, so this was a true humbling experience on a big stage. We'll see the ratings probably should come out today. If they didn't come out yesterday, I haven't heard them. That we might have had as many as 4 million people watching that match at most at the beginning of that match. And again, it was all set up for to be a classic, and, and it just all turned in the middle of that second set. But, um, yeah, they're going to have more motivation next year. It'll be Lexi's last year. She's looking for her first national championship. And uh, Lindsey Krause's absence really hurt. Yep. She apparently was unavailable. People wondering why she didn't get a chance. She apparently reaggravated something uh, and this week and, and genuinely was unavailable. I wondered about that. Yeah, because I fig- the way they were emptying the bench, I figured they might give her a she, shot. Yeah, she could have given a spark. And yep. I would have thought I would, I would have thought it would have happened well before the end. But yeah, that's true. Um, apparently she was unavailable. Yeah, uh, although she was dressed. Working yeah. out, so that hurt. I mean, he took an elite outside hitter who was on a pace to be a second team All American, and she never plays again in the final eighteen matches. And Allie was up and down uh, this year, and so um, those three will be supremely motivated, trying to win a national championship uh, for their first time. But yeah, I, I think this will be a rallying cry. I think they're, you know, I'm sure. we've, we've seen two enter the portal, and I think that's probably the end of it. But. There may be more surprises. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about that. The news yesterday that Jervicious and Cubic into the portal. I mean, in, on, on one hand, I was kind of surprised. I just read read this whole big thing Mitch Sherman wrote on Jervicious, and it made it sound like, you know, going to stick around and all these sorts of things. But on the other hand, the roster math didn't totally make sense either with recruits coming in. So uh, how big of a surprise was this? It's a big surprise to me. Was it to you? Yeah. I, I thought she was going to be a, at least a part-timer next year and then three years full-time starter, maybe on the right, maybe on the left. She's got absolute all-American caliber skill. This is a surprise. This is this is uh, unexpected, at least from my vantage point, and uh, very unfortunate. Maybe she's just sampling the waters and might be persuaded to come back. That's true. I guess you know, that from, the transfer portal is not She's binding. an elite talent, and she just crushes it in practice. She's got a huge touch point. Well, the interesting thing is they decided went with the red shirt this yeah, year so for her, too. So you, you think that would have been an, a, a decision that everyone would have bought into, yeah. and but you know next year she would have you know she would have competed for time on the left, competed for time on the right. You never know about injuries, and again, coach every week makes it very clear whoever plays the best in practice gets to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, she's gonna, she would have had three and maybe still will glorious years. Right. At Nebraska full time starter, and then next year I think a part timer. Right. Um, Hayden Kubik. At the very least, talk, a part-time. Talk about Kubik's departure. Very expected. Yeah. She's probably going to go to K-State. They just lost a senior outside. KU's right next to where her parents now live in Kansas City. Okay. It's probably going to be one of those two. Okay. Um, and, and then there will be a little... We keep saying everyone's coming back. Well, now they're not. 
but Nebraska is still getting addition additions from freshmen coming in, right? We got yep. a couple of freshmen coming Skyler, in next year. Skyler uh, from the Kansas City area. She's kind of a uh, you know plays a little bit like looks even a little bit like Harper Murray. Yeah, and that's exciting. But I think she might be a, a redshirt candidate as well. But okay. again. You may not see retros much anymore with the portal. I mean, because you just you know, kids, you, you they're not going to wait. And yeah, why so would you? Right. You, never, you never know how they they might say okay to a red shirt in September, but apparently they changed their mind thereafter. And like I, I got to play right away, and I can't wait. So that's that's kind of a uh, um, a relic of, of former of former uh, uh, eras. Eras, yeah. yeah. And and then we've got the great uh, libero coming in from Bennington, who's fabulous. Right. Right. So you've got, yeah. But you're losing. You're losing hitters, though. Yeah. I just you're losing depth. You're right. You're losing depth on on offense, especially. Right. Yep. yep. Um, what do you think? What do you think the biggest focus on improving specifically from last year or this this last year to the next year is going to be? Like, what what does you look at the numbers? You look at where I mean, obviously it was service even this last game, but I don't know what it was overall for the year that is really the thing that it feels like Nebraska needs to get over the hump on a little bit. Well, as of Friday and Saturday, you wouldn't have thought a whole lot, but now the whole measuring stick is Texas because they're all going to be effectively back. I mean, Asia O'Neill and Molly Phillips are going to be gone, but they're replaceable. So, Middles so right. Skinner and Wenis are all are both back. Absolutely. Oh boy, they're all back, and their setters oh, back, boy. and their liberos. I know the setters are freshmen. Yeah, and the liberos really good. Yeah, they're legit, and and they've got that second middle. Oh, she'll be gone too. So they're going to lose both middles and the right side. But I hear they've got a couple. Uh, red if they've got freshmen. Skinner and Wenis, though, I mean they were they were running the were, show, right? Well, I mean, Skinner's going to be preseason national player of the year. If not, she's in the conversation. Yeah, she should have won it this year, but yeah. they uh, they voted before the final four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they got two Jeez. great outsides, a great libero, a great setter, and middles and right sides. They've got a bunch of redshirt freshmen who are like six four, so they're going to be fine. And I'm sure they'll be active in the transfer portal. That too, I think maybe with some familiar names. Yeah, as well. Uh, let, speaking of the transfer portal, Landfair from Minnesota in the transfer. In portal. fact, I know they're going to be active in the transfer portal. They're welcoming some applicants this week. Yeah, I I I, I bet. Uh, let, let, is land might, might they go after Landfair? I mean, too. I doubt it. She she's got a little baggage. Okay. I mean, she her effort level this year was suspect. Okay. And you could say, well, that could have been a bad relationship with a brand new coach, Keegan Cook, who just took over up at Minnesota. But that gets around. So someone will take her. I don't sure. think. I don't I mean, think two uh, years ago, the player of the conference, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and maybe someone can you know re-energize her, get her focused again. But I I see like a Penn State, maybe maybe another Big Ten team. But I don't I don't see Texas needing her. Um. What's Wisconsin look like next year as we're kind of looking at it? They're basically all back. Jeez. I mean, Timmy Thomas IR on the outside is gone, and then they're, uh, one of their two setters, maybe but, both of their setters are gone. But Smrek and Franklin are both still. Jeez. All these back. People, when do these people gr- Could they grab? I suppose that's what they're it's saying all, about Lexi Rodriguez, but all, come on. It's all COVID. I mean, well, these are all yeah. fifth and sixth years yeah. players. I mean, Texas had right. four fourth year players, and then they had a fifth year and a sixth year. And it especially affects volleyball because. People tend to stay for all of their years in volleyball more than they would in, say, yeah. college basketball or football to yeah, some degree. Why well, leave, so. especially now during NIL? Yeah, yeah, especially, especially during that. Um, so it'll be, it's going to be the same on top, right? When when yeah. this poll comes out in wherever August, Wisconsin it's going to be the same. It's going to be Wisconsin, Nebraska, Texas, Stanford. Well, I think Wisconsin and, and Texas will be your co-favorites, and Nebraska will be right behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, think the think I, I know the way that. Well, first of all, let me ask this. 
I wondered what John Cook's future was if they won this match. I think there probably is no speculation about that. Probably after going down. You can't end on that, right? I'd be very surprised if he doesn't come back next year. Yeah. It'd be, I can't imagine, and knowing him, ending on that. It would just be incredibly hard to do. Um, what do you think Nebraska does scheduling-wise as, as we get forward? Like, are we going to see the Stanfords and the Texases and the maybe Texas on non Can you imagine Texas coming into Lincoln in September? You think they'd do that? I doubt that <laughs> Nebraska and Texas will be, will be uh, really? scheduling each come other in the non-conference. Well, Nebraska's in this arrangement with Louisville, Kentucky, and Stanford that they play two of those every year. Uh, well, they play Stanford every year, and then one, either Kentucky or Louisville every year. And that's going to change now that Stanford's joining the ACC. Okay. But I don't think it's getting thrown out. So I, th- I think we'll probably see Stanford, Kentucky, or Louisville. Hopefully that's both. Right. Stanford's in the ACC next yeah. year. Yeah, they're arguably the best conference now. <laughs> yeah, they're my favorite. They've always been my favorite Atlantic Coast school of yeah. all of them. And I know yours, too. When they storm into Clemson, look out. Throw away the records. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're going to have to talk about, too, getting Washington and Oregon. Uh, I mean, probably primarily Oregon's the biggest one at the moment, but USC and UCLA on that on that schedule next year, too. Yep. That'll be fun. UCLA and USC, though, have not been top 20 programs. No. Um, the demise of West Coast yeah, Volleyball is years. pretty amazing. I mean, the last title they won was 2011 UCLA and then 2002 and 2003 USC. But they don't even, between the two of them, they rarely make a Final Four. Rarely. Between the yeah. two of them. So, I mean, there's, uh, Pittsburgh had two Southern Californian uh, first-team uh, freshmen, yeah. national freshman players. I mean, how did they get how away from How did they from, get them? How did they get away from I mean, USC? They, they got a great NIL deal in Pittsburgh. How oh. are you like, man, you do the confluence of the rivers. Yeah. You can come here from California. Is that what drawing well, I mean, Is the Allegheny drawing them in? Dan Fisher's the head coach of Pittsburgh, and he's from California, went to Pacific. But I yeah, don't care. I mean, the Jeez. USC coach should be do, has some explaining to do. Yeah. Lost both of them. And if you got one of them, USC might have been at least a regional final team this year. That's true. That's true. All right, we'll be uh, we'll be fascinating. Man, well, you could maybe take get some trips out to Southern California. That by the way, how was Tampa? Despite despite overcast. everything, yeah. overcast. That's overcast. disappointing. Nice. You're gonna go to though. Florida in December. You want some sun at least. Yeah, lots of museums. Yeah, I, I saved a lot of dough on sunblock. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> and and by the way, we saw the pictures and the videos, but that fan fan turnout was just crazy. Amazing. It was crazy. Yeah. How's everybody doing this? How's everybody getting down there? I wanted to go down there. I couldn't make it work. Airplanes. Airplanes. Gobs of money. But, but yeah, you, you rent one of those nice vans and pile the kids in there and you drive on down. And yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a big old, big old mixer. Yeah. If you went down there single, probably not for long. <laughs> That's good to know. Keep in, keep in uh, Next year, Louisville for the Final Four, I believe. Yes. So, yep, that's maybe, correct. Maybe we'll get a little sun there. All right. Hey, uh, always great to have you on. It was great to hear you throughout the season. Wish it didn't Thanks. end that way, but man, Jack. it was a great season. It, it was, was a great season. We'll keep visiting with that. Remember the, the journey, too. not just the destination. It's true, that's true. We'll be fired up here in a few months and ready to go at this again. They'll have a spring match probably, and that'll be exciting. Yeah, so. we get to watch Jordan in Paris. Yep, they got that too. We got a lot to talk about. We've, hey. we've, we've always got Paris. Welcome back, JB. Uh, we are off next week, so Merry Christmas, no. Happy New Year, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks again. Even if Maybe. we were on, I'd probably wish you that too. Thank you. Either way, yeah, yeah probably not. That. Same to you guys. Eight fifty six is LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, eight fifty eight. Hey, we will see some of you tonight. The first ever LNK Today with Jack and Friends slash B1073. 
Nick and Brooke bus tour of Christmas lights. Be uh, leaving here around 5.30. So check your emails if you are one of our winners. Uh, let us know if you can, uh, if you can't make it, if you do have tickets, because we do have a waiting list of people who would like to go. But can't wait to uh, see and meet some of you tonight. We'll give you the report if you weren't able to make it or didn't win your tickets. We'll give you the report on it tomorrow. And also, we'll we'll give you the route, too, if you want to do it as yeah. well. Like, we can, we'll share that. Phillips Lincoln, uh, Philip Wagner from Philip Lincoln's Lights. Uh, it's hard to say, uh, put together this route for us. So we can go ahead and share that as well after this is all over. And he, he's got all his routes, too, up on his website. So just check check that out if you want to get those. All right, tomorrow on the show, it's a Wednesday. So, Caleb, what chaps your hide Wednesday? What? What chaps your hide? Uh, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird is going to join us at 810. So we'll talk streets and guns, I guess, yeah. uh, with the mayor. Streets and guns. And uh, John Bishop scheduled to join us as well at 835. So that is your that is your menu. Uh, and then, you know, we haven't... Are we just doing open holiday on Friday? Open holiday. Let's open holiday on Friday. Open holiday for request line Friday. Whatever you want to hear, Christmas or holiday-wise songs, that's what we're going to do. We already did a couple of them, and we'll finish it off in style. It's 9 o'clock on KLI in Lincoln.